Right now, you're listening to the Azeem Digital Asks podcast, the podcast where I, Azeem, talk to some of the top marketers in the industry, find out everything about them, how they got to where they are today, and more importantly, sharing some really useful marketing tips that will help everybody listening to this become better marketers. Stay tuned for another great episode. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Azeem Digital Asks podcast. I am massively excited to bring you my guest today. We're talking about brand, and for me, there's nobody else that does branding, personal branding, better than my guest today. She is a personal branding coach, micro business mega fan, GIF or GIF machine, depending on how you pronounce it. She hosts Chat About Brand on Tuesday noon Eastern. She is awesome. Christine Gritman. Christine, hello. Welcome to the show. Goodness, what an introduction. I hope I can live up to it. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Very good. Thank you. Very good. Um, hopefully, by the time this comes out, I'll be one step closer to getting this vaccine and back to some sort of normality, he says. Oh, that'll be so great. And I, I'm hoping to hop the pond and be over in the UK sometime at the end of the year so that'll be that'll be nice if that's possible or advisable by then (laughs) i'm crossing my fingers (laughs) but yeah look i'm really excited to have you on the show we've spoken in the past and i was like yeah have to have you on the show (laughs) so much and i think this is going to be a super episode but always start random icebreaker so for yourself Mm -hmm. i would like to know what is the most embarrassing fashion trend that you used to rock It's funny because my mother would definitely think my high school grunge era look, but I'm not embarrassed by that. Um, I'm going to go with in middle school when I got very matchy. It it was like the 90s and there was this one outfit in particular I wore um, at least once a week, possibly more. And it was purple and teal striped leggings with an enormous, enormous teal sweater. And a purple and teal swiped turtleneck under the enormous sweater. So it was all very, very matchy. I had these like turquoise earrings I like to wear with it and a purple scrunchie. And it was just very, very matchy in a way that you really just should never do past middle school. (laughs) (laughs) He laughs as he's wearing a purple (laughs) t-shirt. Purple is fine. It's just, do you also have, you know, purple and teal striped pants and, you know, the shoes and everything head to toe? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I see where you're coming from. Oh, yeah. The colors were not the issue. The colors are great. (laughs) I just kind of mixed it up a little. Yep. All works. All works. Right. Let's not make this uh, high school fashion episode. (laughs) (laughs) Let's move swiftly on. So for anybody who their loss by the way does not know about you does not know who you are would you like to give a quick 30 second introduction to yourself sure absolutely so i'm christine gritman i'm the only christine gritman which is very handy when looking me up and uh one thing you'll notice if you do look me up is that i really love the color red and another thing you'll notice is that i really love social media i love helping small business owners figure out how to do their own social media better and i like helping professionals of all sorts figure out how not to be scared of social media and how to, in fact, put themselves in their best possible light out there on social media so that the people who will love them can find them. Boom. Love that. And yeah, definitely love the color red. Uh, I think 
my experience of meeting you the first time is probably the same as so many people's experience. Like, oh, it's that awesome woman with the red red gifts, I should say. All right, these gifts are everywhere. <laughs> Teach me your ways. So I will pick your brains about that a little bit later. But I found out before the show that you have been in the industry for a while, professionally. Unbelievable, because you look super young. So off recording, I will get you <laughs> tips for that. But I want to ask you, if you could go back to when you first began your career, what advice do you think that you'd give to yourself? Sure. And it's it's different sets of advice. Because as we talked before the show, I was like, well, do you mean when I first started working in general almost 20 years ago? Or do you mean the beginning of this career? Because this is my fourth career. Um, I've been in the social media industry for only about five years now. And so I'm going to give you both. Um, what I would say to my much younger self in my early 20s, keep in mind what I do now literally didn't exist almost 20 years ago. Um, I could not possibly have fathomed it. So I would say to worry a lot less about um, where I think I'm going, because of course, the thing that wound up really hitting is something I couldn't possibly have predicted. And I didn't have too much shame over never really having much of a five-year plan, but I still felt a little bit of that pressure. I spent a lot of my 20s building towards something that by the time I hit 30, I didn't even want anymore. So I would say calm down. <laughs> Life is long. It's a journey. You can't predict where uh, it will lead necessarily. So just kind of loosen the reins a little bit and um, go with where the universe takes you to a greater degree and just rock it out. And what I would say to myself five years ago is think bigger because um, already five years ago when I started Christine Gritman Inc., um, it was a huge leap for me. I had never... I, I really still was beset with how am I starting my own company? This can't be a thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, who am I? And um, and now five years later, really about a year and a half ago, so shortly before the pandemic started, very convenient, um, I just unlocked <sighs> a lot of things in my own head that were really holding me back. And um, you'll see by 2023, my career is going to look so different, even by early 2022, um, just because now I'm thinking so much bigger. Um, about what I want and to think of how much braver it even took for me to just kind of put my shingle out there on the internet five years ago and now I've got big plans so think bigger <laughs> awesome yeah looking forward to it and uh, hopefully at some point in the next five years we might be able to meet in person at a conference and uh... oh yes I'm over there a bunch I gotta say <laughs> when I'm allowed to I'm in the UK at least once a year I'd say Awesome. Right. Let's talk. I'm going to nick one of your lines. Uh, nick being steel, of course. Let's talk about brand and brand building. The reason why I've got you in the show, I can't wait to, mm -hmm. to, to learn from you. So why do you think brand building is important? So your brand is really just the version of you that lives in someone else's head. So whether you have a professional brand or a personal brand or whatever that you're actually using, it doesn't matter. If there's a version of you that lives in people's heads, which if you're not a total hermit, if you're a person who's ever interacted with other human beings, and if you're not utterly forgettable, there is presumably a version of you living in people's heads. So the question here is, how much are you taking control of that image? How much of a hand are you having in defining the version of you that lives in people's heads? And are you putting that to work for you? Because that really is, it has so much capacity to lead to so many opportunities for you if you know how to, first of all, define that um, and also how to leverage it. Yeah, that's a brilliant answer. Thank you very much for sharing that. That's led me very nicely to my next question. What do you think holds people back from building their brand? Two big things that 
can play into each other. One of them is this concept of modesty that, oh, well, I can't go bragging about myself. That'll just, you know, make me look like a jerk or whatever. But that also is often used to kind of hide a bit of imposter syndrome as well. People are afraid to put themselves out there and, you know, brag on themselves because ultimately they feel like they're not that great a lot of the time. Or maybe if the the more they put themselves out there, the more um, potential there is to be revealed as a fraud. Um, So I think that those things really get in people's way. The idea that it's somehow unseemly to promote yourself, but then also the idea that you're not that great to begin with. And so one thing that I actually like to do is I like to help people see um, how other people view them. It's been interesting when I've been in, when I've given workshops for uh, whole offices, for example, I haven't done a lot of it, but I've done it um, a few times and I'll often ask someone else what's special about that person. I'll ask someone else, hey, what's this person's thing? What are they really great at? Who really needs to find them? Because other people have that answer straight away. You know, other people know what's great about you. Yeah. So you just need to own that yourself. You need to, you need, we all need to look at ourselves the way someone who's rooting for us looks at us. And and we have a lot of problems with that for a variety of reasons. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, you reminded me of a tweet that I saw over the weekend. I'm absolutely going to butcher it, but essentially it said something like, and I wish I'd saved it or even retweeted it. It said something like, when you get complimented at work for doing something really well, instead of saying thank you, or if somebody says to you, you nailed it, you hit that out of the park, instead of saying thank you, you should ask them, you know, what did you see in me that made you give me that compliment because then you can do more of that which I think is brilliant but you should also say thank you as well speaking of yeah <laughs> yeah of course <laughs> speaking don't say uh of course <laughs> duh. that's not really the best uh, response to a compliment trust me I've been there <laughs> I won't ask <laughs> I wanted to ask you then the most unique way or the most interesting way that you've seen a brand being built why what is that this is a tricky one um, I would say at two examples spring to mind, I'm, I'm looking mainly at personal brands because that's kind of been my focus as of late. I would say one of them, um, my friend Alexa has really, she works in social media for a university. And so she has her day job in social media. And she also cares a lot on a personal level about making social media more accessible. Digital accessibility is a real, um, something that she really cares a lot about and she doesn't have any disability or anything like this isn't something that she's dealing with personally she just cares and she and so she has taken it upon herself to learn all that she can about digital accessibility and making social media posts more accessible for everyone and so she started talking about it and it wasn't with the intention of building a brand around it it wasn't even with the intention of getting opportunities to talk about it it was it was initially just solely she wanted to make social media a better place for all. And through that, she has gotten opportunities. She's speaking at conferences. She's speaking for organizations. And she still has and loves her job doing social for a university. She's not planning on making a career change based on this. But she has established a really strong personal brand. She comes up in a lot of conversations now about social accessibility And so I think that that's just brilliant. She didn't come at it with a plan of getting something out of it. She just took something that she was extremely passionate about, cared enough to become an expert on it, though she would not call herself an expert on it, and uh, talked about it, 
discovered people didn't have the base of knowledge that she has and and spread the word. And it has turned out to be an incredible thing for her and an incredible thing for all of us who have come in contact with her work. And similarly, um, my friend Jeremy and his wife, Abby, they are very young. They're just out of college, basically, and they have started a social media agency together. And what they've done is they're not entirely sure the form that their careers are going to take. They're not entirely um, sure exactly how they're going to define their agency in all ways. They don't know what they're going to specialize in if they decide to niche down. What really matters to them right now is becoming a part of the community, a really supportive and enthusiastic part of the social media community, which they've done an incredible job on. They're very supportive. They're very active. They're very engaging. They just like came out of nowhere and suddenly they know everybody. And the best part is they're not being like social climbers about it because they're not just being super supportive and active with people who have a ton of followers or people whose names are on, you know, the bills of big conferences, they're doing it to, to kind of everyone. Like they're, they're trying to lift other people up as well. Their enthusiasm is really, really genuine as is their capacity to learn. And I think that it's going to pan out really well for them, but so far they have just, they've branded themselves with enthusiasm. And I think that that's really interesting because um, when it's something like that, that's just an integral part of yourself, you can take that in any direction that you want. You can leverage that in any direction you want. You can change directions with that. And that's something I think is really important for people to understand about personal branding. It can't be too tightly defined to a specific situation because then you can't use it to help propel you in another direction when you choose to or yeah. when you know circumstances dictate. So um, if you are able to really put yourself out there with something that is just a huge co core part of who you are, that's going to serve you better in the long run because that will always belong to you. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Couldn't agree more. Plus one, plus 100. That's fantastic. Leads mm -hmm. me on to asking about you, Christine, and, and your brand. So mm -hmm. for yourself, what impact did creating a personal brand have on you or for you? Well, I'm actually a good example of what I just said, because when I first built my personal brand, it was as a journalist. I was in a newsroom. Uh, that was career number career number three, <laughs> social media <laughs> being career number four. And um, so I entered the newsroom. I hadn't had journalistic training. I just had an ability to write. So there I was. And I didn't realize that I was walking into a room full of people who had been trained as journalists to keep themselves out of the story and to be kind of a non-entity. And now suddenly they were expected to build personal brands and, and you know, grow their Twitter followings. And they were saying, well, this is so counter to how we've always been trained. But then social media created different needs. And so I landed there at a time when they were just really starting to use and explore social media and personal branding. I was actually part of an ad campaign for the newspaper where they selected a handful of us from the newsroom to be kind of personalities to put in the ads. And um, it was very interesting. I took very naturally to personal branding and to social media and to personal branding on social media to the point where 
um, I actually got promoted. I got promoted within the newsroom to engagement editor, where my job was to help other people in the newsroom do exactly that, to connect with our communities, because it was a local paper, to connect with our communities, both online and through in-person events, so that the communities knew who was covering them, and the people who were covering those communities knew the people in and what was going on. And so I became very well-known locally, which was fantastic. And after a while, people from other organizations, like outside the paper, started asking me to give talks on social media. And my first reaction was, I don't know anything (laughs) about social media. I just kind of do it. And then I realized, well, when you feel like you don't know, um, there's kind of two answers to that. One of it is, well, you know more than these people do, so share. Yeah. And the other is, well, if you feel like an imposter, the solution to that is education. So I started learning all that I could about social media so that I didn't sound like an idiot when people asked me to speak. And so because I was well-known, because I had connections in our local small business community, and because people had started knowing me as someone who was very active on social media, all of that was able to help me when I decided to leave the paper and launch Christine Gritman Inc., Um, because I was known. I didn't really market myself for the entire first year because I was able to sort of cruise by on, well, people know me. Yeah. And um, then I I went to, started going to marketing conferences and got that nonsense (laughs) smacked right (laughs) out of my head. And I realized I did indeed need to market and brand myself. But it, it really helped having you know, the fact that there was a version of me in enough people's heads and in the right people's heads was helpful. And the fact mm. that they already had impressions of me as someone who cares about our community and someone who knows what she's doing on social media definitely helped. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. I'm going to sidetrack and ask you a question that I definitely haven't prepared you for, but go for I'm it. Quite keen to find out your answer to this. Way more fun. <laughs> Obviously, you don't have to name any names, totally optional, but okay. What's the biggest mistake you've seen somebody make? when they've been trying to build their personal brand? Tying themselves completely to their current position and employer. Oh, boom. Straight off the bat. Go on. You're going to have to share more now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's not even anyone specific necessarily, but the fact is um, it's not bad to be known as so-and-so from such-and-such, but the Mm. fact is you have to have other personality traits in people's heads. Like they have to to have an idea of why you're benefit to that organization. Um, Someone who I know who has done this well, actually, is my friend Rob was Rob from Thinkific, but he really defined himself as someone who was great at community management and really, really great at fostering a community of creators. And because of that, he was able to seamlessly go from being Rob from Thinkific to being Rob from TubeBuddy. (laughs) And you know what? He was able to bring the brand that he had built for himself to that new employer because it hadn't just been about the product he was representing. It was also about his own skills that he brought to that. And he was never self-promotional. He did always, you know, do it in service of the company he was representing. But the fact is, his skills were apparent. And so when he moved from one company to another, the community he had built along the way followed him and they were, and the two services were not competitors. So, you know, his community building skills have still benefited both organizations, but, um, but yeah, when you are only so-and-so from such and such, Hmm. and you don't really give any, if you don't really develop those relationships on a one-to-one level, then what happens when the company downsizes? What happens if you decide 
that um, you want to change. You want to always be sure that the version of you that lives in someone's head can change positions Mm. and still, you know, bear all of that goodwill that you've built up. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, And then last unprepared question. (laughs) All right. Do you think that going forward, employers will care or value about an individual's personal brand just as much as they do about their individual achievements? We're at a really interesting place with that because there are still some companies that feel threatened by employees who have strong personal brands. They see it as a liability. Yeah. They also see it as if this um, person is building up their own brand, then it feels like they've got one foot out the door, which of course isn't true. We're seeing more and more, especially in the social media age, we're seeing that people with strong personal brands whose employers celebrate and nurture that fact are able to actually be a huge asset to their employers. So I think that it really does depend on the industry. But overall, I do think we're reaching a point where employers are, we're hearing more stories of it being a benefit than, um, than a detriment. However, to your point, which was, will they start valuing personal brands and followings and such almost more than achievements? Hmm. That's a tricky one. And that's a slippery slope and something that I don't think should happen because personal branding and building a following and doing all that out loud on social media really does heavily favor extroverts. And I think that we've we've all heard enough about personality types that hopefully companies realize that there are a ton of introverts who can be huge assets. You know, the fact that you're not screaming out loud about what you're doing to the world on a public social media platform absolutely doesn't say anything about your skills. And similarly, um, the fact that you can shout out loud and self-promote doesn't say anything about your skills. So I actually really hope that we don't get to a point where it is assessed much as terms of employment. I hope that it is seen as an asset. I hope that it is nurtured and encouraged by companies, but I hope that people's accomplishments and skills that they bring to the table are valued more highly than this one particular very loud and visible skill set. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know I said that was the last one, but I've got one more for you now because you've made me think. (laughs) You can ask me whatever you like. (laughs) Imagine you are talking to somebody and they say to you, look, Christine, uh, I work for XYZ Corp. They know that uh, I'm speaking at conferences, I'm doing podcasts, I'm mentoring, I'm recording video training for such, all, all in my spare time. The employer then comes back to the employee and says, look, we don't think that you're giving us as much attention or as, as much focus as you should be. We need you to kind of tone mm-hmm. it down. What advice would you give to that person? I think they need to make a decision and realize that there's three paths, not two. The two obvious paths are either um, do what your employer is saying and tone it down Hmm. or leave your employer and go it on your own. But then the third path is also find an employer that will value this. Because that is increasingly a thing. Um, I feel like it is very hard to run your own business. 
I feel like a lot of people have a skill and a passion, but they don't necessarily have what it takes to do all the nitty gritty that comes with running your own business and being your own employer. So I would say be aware that there really are at least three options there, which are, yeah, tone it down. Oops. Sorry. (laughs) There are at least three options there, which are, yeah, tone it down, uh, leave and go it on your own, or find some place that will value it because somebody will. Yeah. That is awesome. Leads me very nicely to my next question. So if somebody's listening to this and they wanted to learn more about building their own brand, other than mm-hmm. your website, where do you recommend people go to learn more about doing this? Ooh, that is actually a good question. There's some more great people in the personal branding space for sure. Uh, there's the whole story brand um, organization. There's... Um, My friends Andrew and Pete have a a business group called Atomic, and even though it is not about branding, it really does help small business owners and um, the sorts of people who are trying to form their own personal brands. It helps them just kind of figure out all the stuff that goes along with that. So it's not about personal branding, but it helps. Um, I would say, "Mm, this is hard. Uh, where could they learn about um social media examiner is a great source for most things social media based hmm. um yeah i'm just not coming up with a ton of great answers um chris ducker chris ducker has a company called youpreneur and and that's all about personal branding and being the brand of you so chris ducker is certainly a leader in that so is my friend julie catino julie catino's company is called brand twist her um her main offering is something called brand school brand school. I am actually an instructor in brand school. She was the head of brand for Virgin. So, I mean, if she's good enough for Russell for, um, if she's good enough for, um, Richard Branson, Russell Branson, did I mess that up? Russell Branson, right? Richard Branson. (laughs) Richard Branson. Thank you. So if she's good enough for Sir Richard Branson, (laughs) (laughs) she's certainly worth learning from. So that's Julie Catino of brand twist. Awesome. Yeah, that's brilliant. Uh, please, after the recording, share me, share with me all the links. See, I've got an excuse for getting tongue-tied because it's like my bedtime. It's 9pm. You've got no excuse. It's like midday or something for you. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> uh, this has been a great episode, Christine. Sadly, we are almost at the end, but I would love to ask you if there were three things that you wanted listeners to take away from this episode, what would they be? You are more special than you realize. So um, ask somebody else what makes you a freaking rock star if absolutely necessary, because there's something for sure. Uh, Don't have a sense of false modesty or imposter syndrome. You know what? That's the what if other people think you're good enough, that's not actually your business. That's their problem. So really, you know, take what's special about you. Find out from other people if you can throw aside that sense of modesty or imposter syndrome and realize that it's actually to the benefit of the people who need you to the benefit of people who will adore you. Um, so it's kind of unselfish when you think about it to, um, to put yourself out there. So just rock it out. Christine, thank you for being an absolutely brilliant guest. And the last thing that I haven't prepared you for is that I always give my guests the last word on the podcast so for me i am going to shut up after the sentence and say thank you very much for being a brilliant guest if people want to learn more about you find out more about you follow you on socials what are those details 
But most importantly, the last word on your episode, once you've shared your social handles and everything else, goes to you. So no pressure, within reason, open forum, all yours. <laughs> okay, well, I am the only Christine Gritman there is. It's grit like when something is gritty, mon like Monday. And uh, I can be found at gritman.com. I am C. Gritman on Twitter and Instagram. I'm Christine Gritman Inc. on Facebook and um, YouTube. And the best places to find me, besides my website, gritman.com, are the um, my Tuesday Twitter chat, which is called Chat About Brand. It's Tuesdays at noon Eastern. And then my live show, Let's Talk About Brand, which is Fridays at noon Eastern. And um, those are both conversations about different elements of personal branding every single week. So that was another great episode in the bag. I'm really enjoying hearing from some brilliant people in this industry. If you enjoyed this podcast, please follow me on Spotify. Please leave a rating on Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you are using. Tell a friend to tell a friend and hopefully see you for the next episode.